thank you for coming. Um, as I said, I didn't expect so many actually, but it's uh, obviously there are more software guys in church than I uh, I've known. Um, and so this talk is kind of an adaption from uh, another talk that I, I uh, do a couple of times uh, at work. Uh, and it's actually all about what, what the uh, subtitle says, uh, bringing the kingdom of God into the realm of software development. It's like, I... Um, oh, let's go through the outline first so you, you can uh, know what to expect. So I'm just going to do a, a quick introduction on myself, uh, just so uh, you know where I come from. I'll be setting this in a kind of a larger context. And we get into the, what the modern craft, what I mean by that. Uh, and then we have a couple of points, the journey, the constellation, the cycle, the characteristics. So these are things that uh, I think we as disciples can bring into the software development uh, subculture or culture, if you want to. Learn, these are actually kind of learnings from my discipleship journey. Uh, and I... Um, when I'm, I'm kind of wrestling with the question of how how can a passion for programming be like how can I use that for the kingdom of God and how can I bring the kingdom of God into my workplace um, and then I will end with a couple of difficult, well I think they're difficult questions if you take them seriously um, so about me you might have read my introduction on, on the poster outside. I wrote my first basic program at age nine. That's actually, I mean, I got help from my dad, <laughs> obviously. Uh, but so he wrote half. Well, he, he kind of wrote the base and I modified. Nice. So <laughs> um, which year? Now we are in, okay, I'm 45 now, so you do the math. Uh, and I'm not sure it was 9, it could be 8, it could be like around there anywhere. It was on a EBM 80, uh, so yeah, uh, CGA graphics. Um, oh, by the way, how many of you are, are software developers? And I was. Oh, yeah. Web developer. Nice. Yeah. So, you, yeah, but that counts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Web is software. I, I install software. Yeah. Sure. I use software in my engineering. Yeah. Cool. Um, but uh, but mostly, uh, I'm curious if this uh, workplace part. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I I I think this is more widely applicable than than just the software development right. uh, thing. It's just that I it's happened to be my my profession and I yeah I just use uh, concepts from there and if I use like some sort of uh, language uh, that you wonder about, just ask. Ask right out, like, okay, what do you mean by that? Because I'm, uh, you know, I'm damaged by my work, so. <laughs> right, so, uh, and then I, after age nine, I get into computer gaming. Uh, by now, by, by the times today, I would, I would have been a gamer. Gamers weren't around back then. Uh, but I, you know, I, I game a lot uh, for a couple of years, and I kind of recovered from that, and, and <laughs> came out uh, at 16, 17, and wrote my, my own text editor. That was a school task. 
And now, so I usually have some pet product going on at home, but it's more hardware nowadays. Like we did Kitchen 2.0, and now we're doing Hallway 2.0, and uh, we're probably going to do Sleeping Room 2.0 when we have finished the hallway. Uh, so hardware intense, no, no software. Uh, it's kind of frustrating, really, because <laughs> I, I have a couple of ideas that I would like to try out. Anyway. Still on Wife 1.0? <laughs> yes! <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, hopefully it's going to be that. There you go. <laughs> yeah, so I've kind of 90 uh, years of professional programming experience, uh, 7.5 years in, in the nuclear industry, uh, nuclear power plant industry, and uh, last 11 years I've been at Scania, a truck company in Sweden. And um, a couple of other interests. Oh, so I, I love running. I try to uh, to do that a couple of times a week. Um, I love my wife. We've been married for well since 1999, so that's a 20, 23 years this this August. I love Jesus, and I love comics. Uh, they tend to pop up in my presentation some from time to time. Unfortunately, they didn't make it into this one. <laughs> uh, Dilbert is a favorite. Um, so this is kind of the usual uh, presentation I give of myself at work. And, and uh, as you maybe have seen on, on the poster as well, I, I grew up in a half-Christian home. Uh, I was age 26 when I kind of got to know God through Jesus uh, in a personal way. So if you had asked me before that, now th this is tw 2003, if you had asked me before that, I would say I, I, I was a Christian. Uh, but I really didn't have the personal relationship with God before that point. Um, Alpha is a really good course. <laughs> um, and ever since then, I've kind of struggled with this, like programming, kingdom of God, how, how do I combine these two things? And struggling with that question, it turns out culture is, is a key thing. Uh, and Wikipedia, this is what Wikipedia says about culture. Culture is an umbrella term which encompasses the social behavior, institutions, and norms found in human societies, as well as the knowledge, beliefs, arts, laws, customs, capabilities, and habits of the individuals uh, in these groups. So pretty much of human behavior. Everything on human behavior is culture. And it turns out that another thing that is important is, is values. And culture and values like, like interplay uh, in an interesting way. And so we don't have the time to unpack all of that today. But the main idea is that if you pick like values and a vision uh, and you can form a culture and mold a culture around that, that kind of uh, expresses the values and, and strives towards the vision. So if we simplify a little bit, church, just to pick up a familiar context, the vision of the church is to make all disciples of all people. Uh, and, and by that you spread the values of God's kingdom, like compassion, freedom, uh, justice, and such. So you, you can you can like model or formulate the kingdom of God around these concepts if you if you want to. 
and is my workplace has a culture and I'm pretty sure your workplace has too and so when I talk about personal development programming um, team development and things at work I, I'm coining that uh, I'm calling that a coding culture and actually when I talk about this I talk about shapes of a coding culture and a values-based approach to software development and we'll get back to the shapes part um, and values as well but so the, the, the key question I've been asking myself here is what would the kingdom of God look like in this culture coding culture that's something that produces like software but the way we produce the software how can we like bring the kingdom culture into that and so the coding culture is a broad concept and I usually think about these in, in terms of five different items or areas or, or <clears throat> parts if you like uh, and I, I symbolize these by figures uh, or shapes I do that because it helps me remember where I am, what I'm talking about, like where does it fit in, and so. Uh, and I've given these shapes a couple of names. So the first one, the circle of influence, and that's about community. Uh, the second one, I call the triangle of development, and that's about crafting. And I'll get back to the wording crafting here. The third one is diamond of people, and that's about the crafter. The box of programming which is about the crafted and the last one is the ring of responsibility which is about caring and so here we have like crafting, crafter, crafted so I, there's, a, there's a movement within the software development community called software craftsmanship I don't know, have you heard of it? anyone? no, okay um, so it's a, it's a movement where you, instead of talking about software engineering and, and steeping software development in, in terms of engineering and an engineering discipline, you talk about it as a modern craft uh, and, and you kind of have an, an analogy of crafting from like 15th century, but you apply some of the ideas to that into the software development instead. So it's kind of a movement. They're heavily the emphasis like personal development and, and uh, quality and, and um, taking pride in your work actually like produce something that you can stand for that you're proud of uh, and it turns out that well it, it kind of resonates with me but it's also a way uh, to bring in some of these pieces of, uh, of discipleship Jesus was a crafter he, he was a carpenter, probably for like 20 years uh, before he started his, his, his uh, official services. So it kind of makes sense in my mind. Um, and each of these shapes is, is I have associated that with, with a value in, in my kind of thinking. I'm not going to dig into that because that's more of, of, of the community circle of influence part. And, and today, I, I want to focus on, on the diamond of people uh, and the value that's associated with that is, is, that, is people. 
And people get a diamond because people are precious. And they are, as, as you saw, they are in, in the center. And that's because people should be front and center uh, in what we do. Even uh, doing software development. Uh, could be the customer, it could be your uh, colleagues. Could, like people, uh, people are precious. So, what can we say about uh, people and crafting? Well, crafting is, is like about passion. It, and as I said, it's about people and it's about, it's about a journey. As a crafter, you're on a journey. And as it happens, as a disciple, I'm also on a journey. Um, now, what can we say about this journey? One way of putting it is to have an arrow like this, and you start off as an apprentice or disciple, or novice, junior, and lots of different words for like the beginner. Uh, Scania terminology we use T1. That's where you start as a just fresh uh, programmer. And then, somewhere along the way, uh, you get your, your, you become a journeyman. I don't know if it, it's a gesell in Swedish. Uh, it's from the, the old system of, of um, uh, draftsmanship. Uh, because then, uh, you, you have to do a test in order to get this. Uh, and you get kind of a letter of approval. Say, okay, I've I'm, I'm reached this level. Uh, and the same thing for master. Uh, now, what what dimension do I put on this arrow? Well, one thing could be time. Time in the trade. I don't like that very much. Because time is not a guarantee for development. There's nothing in time that says you're going to learn new things um, and become a better like developer or if we take discipleship there's nothing in, in time that says that you're going to be more Christ-like you have to put more effort in it if you like than, than just time so another way of putting it is, is to turn the arrow upwards and talk about the level of skill and I think this is, this is slightly better. Uh, it's like you're, you are on a journey, you're getting more and more skilled. Uh, if you um, like lean into it, if you like. But even though, I, I, I'm not, I don't like this either. <laughs> I want to turn it the other way around. And doing that, I want to talk about the depth of wisdom instead. And wisdom, I define wisdom as applied knowledge and evaluated experience. So you get wiser when you apply knowledge and you evaluate the experience of that. And I have a, a, a couple of... So you start out as a newbie. <laughs> uh, now, what should I put down here? Anybody using uh, doing crosswords? So uh, usually there is uh, a lead text saying, 
person of great wisdom. Mm-hmm. So, a newbie, disciple, sage, a saint. You come close. It's usually oracle. <laughs> oracle is a person of great wisdom. Um, and obviously, you kind of never reach this. It's like, it's like the goal of your profession. Uh, and, and you never like grab that title. You might get someone, well, probably not calling you oracle, but you, you know, uh, if you're perceived like a knowledgeable uh, guy uh, and people, and you're nice, people are going to come and ask you stuff. And, and that's that's also like in, in, in the Greek, the oracle. People came asking things. They got answers and, and such. Now, that that works for work life. Uh, the discipleship part, the journey we're on. I mean, this, this arrow going down and wisdom, it's not just about your work and your skills and, and stuff. It's also on the personal, personal level and how you treat your team members, how you treat your colleagues. It's like you're developing how to be nice. Uh, what is a good person? And that's, that's the part that kind of starts resonating with your discipleship. Uh, becoming more Christ-like. How did Christ treat people? Um, so yeah, that, that's the journey as, as a disciple you're on. You, you start out as a newborn uh, and, and you strive to be Christ-like. And of course, we never reach that state either uh, at, this, at this point. Uh, but it's the goal. And it's, it's, it's kind of uh, where the process uh, is taking you. And um, for my part, I think it's much more, if you, if you look at, at work, it's much more interesting to work in an environment where people are like in, in this part of their work life because you have much more people to learn from, much more people to discuss with. Uh, so like spreading your knowledge around is beneficial for your own good also. Uh, it's pretty boring, actually, being the star. Uh, it's, uh, you're alone at the top, and, and that's a boring thing. It's so it's good to be able to share that with other people? Yeah, so like, uh, just give away what you have. Like, what you know, and don't keep anything secret. It's like, if you find uh, good sources, well, Give it away. Uh, and, and people are going to give you like tips and hints and like, oh, this was really good. I, I found that really good. Uh, and, and it's going it's to take your whole uh, team and your whole like culture uh, in a much more beneficial and, and much more fun way. Um, so there are a couple of, of things, uh, and this is where the diamond comes in also. Um, there are a couple of things we can do to, to like help people on this journey uh, and, and this is this is uh, where I kind of bring things that I've learned through discipleship into the development process as well um, so if you've been in the vineyard movement for a while you might recognize a few things here we'll see it's been, this is the first time I'm doing this in a church setting, I've never shared this uh, in, in this kind of setting before so uh, we'll see how it turns out but the first thing is, kind of, is what has been called the constellation. 
Uh, and it's actually, um, yeah, I can't remember what the original authors called it. I call it the constellation of the crafter. Uh, they call it something else. Here's just the constellation. Anyway, it's, it's about mentoring. And uh, as you see, I have mentor in the lower part and mentee at the upper uh, of the diamond. But that's because just to mirror the wisdom level here. And, and men mentoring is not about like a position. Mentoring is about function. Sometimes you function as a mentor. Sometimes you function as a mentee, depending on uh, the subject, depending on where you are. And 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 like men the mentoring relationship is is like a relational experience where one person empowers another. Uh, but by sharing wisdom, sharing relationships, and sharing resources. There's a whole bunch of different uh, flavors, should we say, of mentors. Uh, some are more deliberate, others are less deliberate. Um, so we have, like, the, the most deliberate one is the initiator. Uh, talking in church, and if you have a mentor in the church, this guy is often called the discipler. It's someone that, that takes you through the basics, like uh, teach you uh, good practices around Bible Bible reading, teaches you like uh, how to pray, and those th sort of things. They, like take take you through the basics and, and get you up and running. Um, at, work, at the workplace, the initiator could be someone that like, helps you with how you set up your development environment, what kind of tools are you using, uh, all the, like, the development um, things that you're doing. Uh, maybe some project, like tell you how the project management is done and where you find uh, your tasks and whatnot. Anyway, uh, another one is the guide. Um, and, and um, the guide could give you or provides a, a, a uh, possibility for accountability and direction and commitment. So it's someone that you, 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 you kind of can be held accountable by, but also there's a mutual accountability involved. Um, there are a whole bunch of others, and I'm, I'm not going to go into all of these. But you have a coach, uh, which is good for like motivation, uh, uh, maybe teaching a specific skill or something. Um, the counselor is there to give you a timely advice, uh, correction of perspective, maybe. Maybe you're digging down in like this small little part, and you should have to lift your eyes a little bit. Um, by the way, if you're getting confused, it's like, is it, is it talking about developments of development or is it talking about discipleship? And it's like, uh, both. It, it, it's like, that's the whole point of this <laughs> seminar. It, it's like, you bring something in from your discipleship into your work um, and, and that process. Uh, and and it, can, it can benefit you, but if also if you can like, get your colleagues to accept it, uh, like the work part of it, then that's something uh, you, you call pre-conversion discipleship. It's basically uh, 
you get people to accept good stuff uh, that comes from the kingdom and they're kind of taking one step closer and, and what, I mean they recognize what is good uh, in one place but it, it makes it easier for them to, to kind of depending on where they are but it, it makes it easier for them to accept other things as well then uh, and it's pre-conversion because all of this can happen before they say yes I want to follow Christ it's like no you don't have to say that in order to accept this and find this good um, yeah so and then we have like the teacher which is, can, can, can teach you a specific uh, thing sponsor sponsors usually someone that shares uh, his or hers um, network or contact network in an organization and it kind of vouchers for you it's like you should hear this guy out and then they kind of place you on their stage um, and you get to know a lot of uh, more people um, you can mention the less deliberate ones so contemporary model and, and historical model Contem these, these guys, I mean historical models they're dead, uh, they're people not living anymore but they might have write, written books or, or you kind of get inspired by them and you get motivated by them and you, you see their value system or whatever like the church fathers could be uh, people here um, software development hasn't been around that long so it's like uh, but I mean Alan Turing and those guys uh, a contemporary model kind of the same thing but it's still some people uh, walking around among us uh, and then there's the horizontal aspect of mentoring as well so uh, you have peers and you have peers inside your organization and outside of your organization and if you are in this constellation where you have a mentor where you are a mentor mentor to someone else and you have peers to, to talk to this is a very uh, beneficial position in, in, in like learning and growing and it works as well in work as in church I would say uh, I, I think yeah um, there have been a couple of speakers talking about like I don't think they mentioned mentoring maybe but the concept is there. It's like. Uh, okay. uh, yeah. Excuse me, I gotta leave now, but where can I find more information? Um, you can mail me. Mm -hmm. I can mail you? Okay, so I can uh, so, No, that's <laughs> not my organization. But uh, let's, do, let's do it like this. Uh, okay. uh, put your name there, and you, we, let's send the list around, and, and you can. Write your email address, and, and, and uh, I'll uh, I'll share the slides. Thank you. Um, I hope I will be able to, you know, make something more of this uh, a day, uh, and then a slide deck. But I, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> sure. Sorry. Thank you so much. Very which copyright? So the free software copyright. <laughs> oh, it's probably be like um, um, Creative Commons 4.0. Yeah. Uh, 
attributive license or something like that. <laughs> um, right, the second thing that can help out is what I call the cycle. And you will rec if, if you've been in the vineyard, you will recognize this because uh, this is what John Wimber called the, the show and tell method. But basically, you start out somewhere, you're unaware. You don't know what you don't know, right? But the next step in, in your learning process is, be, is being aware. And after that, you kind of get familiar with it, right? And even further, you get knowledgeable. And the end goal, just to keep with the wisdom kind of thing, is that you become wise, or at least wiser in the end of this cycle. And it's a cycle because when you reach here, the point is that you can take someone else around that trip as well. Uh, you reach a level of maturity where you're able to teach others. Now, you need something to get from unaware to aware. And I call that inspiration here. You can call it instruction, but you, you, like someone need to tell you what you don't know. They need to inspire you to seek out or, or, or instruct you. Uh, so that's the I do, you watch part uh, that Wimber used to talk about. Going from aware to familiar, you, you need participation. You need to be, you need to uh, take back on someone that is, is like doing it. So I do, you help. It's like you're coming with me. The next part is training where this is switched. It's like you do. And I just have stay in the background uh, and, and help you. And the fourth thing is practice and, and it's like maybe you're doing it. And I'm just there in the background uh, watching you uh, coming with advice maybe. And practice here is like, it's, it's this apply knowledge and evaluate the experience. And I'll, I'll, I've drawn this diamond as with, with equal signs, but of course, that has nothing to do with time. I mean, this could be short and this could be long, and it's like no proportions to it. It's just uh, a nice figure. Um, but this is actually, so it's a learning model, and, and, and it's simple model, but I think it's valuable because it's valuable because it's simple. It's easy to understand, it's easy to remember. And it's also like you can use it on yourself. You can ask yourself, like, okay, where am I? Do I need participation? Do I need training? Do I even need it's hard to know if you need inspiration, but it, it could be like you're dealing with something, it's like I don't really know. It's like, okay, maybe I should read something new, not just the old stuff. Um, so it's like you can evaluate where you where you are yourself, but you can also help like colleagues. If if someone comes and asks you something, uh, you can probe a little bit deeper to understand where are they. Uh, it's I mean it's inappropriate and, and not fitting to start with inspiration if if the person needs training. It's like if you can figure out they need training, good. Then you can kind of join them on their journey. Uh, and not start somewhere uh, irrelevant to them. So that's the cycle, the learning thing. Uh, and yeah, you, you, you're in the middle of that as well. And then I think we came to the main part, 
which is the characteristics, like personal characteristics of both discipleship and developer. It, it, in my world, this, this kind of fuses. is like growing in the characteristics as a disciple will also help you grow as a software developer. I think, the, yeah, I think you can read the kind of word clouds here, but uh, so at the top, obviously this is going to be diamond as well uh, in the end. <laughs> but at the top, you have trust, collaboration, contribution, respect, dignity, patience, honesty, helpfulness, humbleness. Like, these are good things uh, if you're building a team or if you're, like, just uh, meeting customers. I mean, honesty, helpfulness, humbleness, good stuff to meet a customer with. Respect, of, of course. The second one, here you have things like adaption, innovation, curiosity, open-mindedness, uh, diversity, playfulness. Uh, you dare, you dare, you dare stuff. Uh, but also constraints, like uh, dealing with constraints. Third one, vision, values, your identity, what do you want, where do you want to go, uh, your competence, your knowledge, uh, confidence, your self-esteem, uh, transparency, strengths and weaknesses, all this kind of stuff. Uh, and, and the fourth word cloud is motivation, determination, big dreams, perseverance, persistence, uh, engagement and involvement, quality, inspiration. Yeah. Now, you can't remember all this. It's like it's too much. And it's more like a definition of stuff. So I call the top line love. If you uh, develop the characteristic of love, that's going to help you as a disciple and it's going to help you in your work life. Just love people. The second one is creativity. Creativity is, is I mean, it's good for problem solving and it, it's, it's like we're all, in some sense, creative. We're not all maybe software developers, but being a cook is being creative. Um, we're kind of born, yeah, that was another seminar, I think. Created to create. Uh, and I, yeah, I fully embrace that. Third one, self-awareness, like knowing who you are um, and, and where you want to go and passion. And um, you, might, you might have noticed I, I don't mention talent because I think passion trumps talent like seven days a week. If you're passionate about something, you will learn. You will get talented at it. Of course, it might help you to start with. You might find it easier. You might find it fun uh, if you're also talented in it. And they, they kind of often go hand in hand. The interesting thing here now is that there are two dimensions to it. You have like the horizontal dimension, passion and creativity. And if you have those two characteristics, you're going to be an interesting person to be around. It's like new stuff is happening. There, there's always something to learn. There's always something uh, to improve. But there's also a vertical uh, access to it. And 
having those two characteristics, you're going to be a pleasant person to be around. Someone who knows who they are, you can relax in their company. It's like they don't have to prove anything. Uh, they, 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 like, they can just uh, give of themselves. Um, and they know, like, they're not insecure. So it's very pleasant to be around that person. And, and obviously, if you have love, if you show people love, it's like you're very pleasant to be around. So I think having these four characteristics, like developing those, you're going to be like a source of inspiration for others. You're going to be interesting to be around, and you're going to be pleasant to be around. So I think that's, it's like it's going to help you. And that goes for both discipleship and, and, and work life. And I mean, my main inspiration of this is obviously Jesus. The way he kind of met people, treated people, showed love towards people. Um, and obviously creativity. He, he, he was really creative. His, the way he communicates with people, the way he teaches, uh, the way he makes people remember uh, and such. He, he was creative. He was extremely self-aware. He knew where, who he was, why he was here, where he was, he was going. And, and, and he like, took that uh, all the way. And he was passionate. He was passionate about his message of the kingdom. I mean, he was passionate. He was ready to die for it. And he did. And yeah, he, he rose again. And that's a different story. Uh, but he was passionate about uh, what he was doing and we should be too it's like knowing our passions knowing who we are uh, knowing how to love people and that's fourth difficult questions so what does love mean in your context where you are okay you're in many different contexts uh, you're in church you're in your work you're maybe you have a family Maybe you're in lots of different uh, contexts, but what does love look like? How do you express love in that? Second one, what makes your heart beat? Like what, what is your passion? What makes you get up on, out of bed every morning? It's like what is it that you want to do, really? And creativity, what does it look like? What is creative for you? Where can you express your creativity? What is, it's like, where do you have the joy of doing, building, whatever you're doing, painting, playing, cooking? And the last one, which I think is the hardest one, where do you have your identity? Who are you? And I'll leave you with those questions. Um, there are two great resources for this, I think. Uh, this is where I've collected most of the material from. Uh, connecting a book by Paul D. Stanley and, and uh, J. Robert Clinton. That's the mentoring part. They have lots of good things to say about mentoring. It's set in church. It's a church setting for mentoring, but you can adapt it to uh, whatever you need. 
uh, and the other one is, is Heroic Leadership uh, by Chris Loney. He's a, he was a Jesuit priest to be. He, he started uh, to become a Jesuit priest, uh, but during that journey, uh, God told him to go into a different direction. So he, he ended up um, heading one of the large investment banks. I think it was J.P. Morgan. Uh, but he built this leadership book, and that's where I kind of got the uh, personal characteristic traits from. He named them slightly differently, so I adapted them to, to like my context. But uh, one of the best leadership books I've ever read. Um, and I've read a few. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think we are pretty early. That took 45 minutes. Uh, you can hang around if you like, uh, ask questions and we can discuss. Otherwise, you're free to leave. Uh, I don't think you mind another half an hour. <laughs> um, well, thank you for listening. <laughs>